Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. Hey, um, Blake, will you run us through just like a little bit of a, 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 just a review of where we've been the last few weeks? Yes. All right. So these past few weeks, um, as you can see up here behind me, we've been going through um, a sermon series called Don't Believe the Storm. All right, and we just, we've been looking at these storms in our lives that we can face. Um, we've been talking about them a little bit, the troubles they can bring us, struggles. Um, but then we've also been talking about how we can get through those, how Jesus can get us through, through those, and how he can grow us um, through those storms. Um, so the first week, we looked at loneliness, um, and we just talked about loneliness a little bit. And basically, loneliness is this, is this thing that, like, you walk into a room full of people and you feel like nobody knows you, you know, whether, whether that be school, um, anywhere, you walk in with a group of people and you just feel unnoticed, all right, and a lot of times that, that happens to a lot of us, it's not, it's not a weird thing, an abnormal thing to feel lonely, um, so we looked at loneliness a little bit the first week, and then the second week, uh, we looked at anxiety a little bit, um, and we talked about the different stresses that are in our lives, um, and we talked about how anxiety can ultimately kind of like pull us away, um, it can make us kind of just like almost form inside our, ourselves in a way and just kind of exclude everybody around us. Um, and we also talked about how God can get us through our anxiety, how we can find that rest, that peace in him, and that we don't have to stress because we know that he is helping us through it. Um, and then last week, finally, we looked at depression. Um, and we kind of talked about um, one thing that Mr. Brian said that really kind of stuck out to me last week was we looked at how these past, those past three weeks all kind of like led into one another. You know, I feel like loneliness is kind of something that, that starts. Everybody everybody feels lonely sometimes, um, and then sometimes that, that can turn into anxiety, and then we have so much anxiety and you feel lonely all the time. Um, that's kind of when depression starts to form and sit inside of you. Um, and, you know, depression, from, from my experience with, with others dealing with it, is something that just isolates you. Um, it makes you not, it doesn't give you, it, it takes away your energy to go do things, takes away your energy to be with people, uh, to see people, um, and it really, you, it causes you to isolate yourself from the things around you. Um, and then we looked, we looked at, at how Jesus wants to help us through our depression, how he wants, to, wants us to lean on him instead of isolating, um, how we shouldn't push Jesus out of our lives just because the depression that we're feeling, um, because he wants to help that, and he can. Um, but that's, that's just a little bit about the past three weeks that, uh, that we've talked about. Thanks for bringing us up to speed if you guys have missed. Um, if you guys ever miss, we do record those, and, and you're more than welcome to hop on a podcast. You search Galley Student Ministry, you'll find that. You can, you can listen back if you would like to. Um, I don't know if you uh, have ever played a sport or if you have ever um, you know, played a game with somebody. Maybe it could even be a board game, and you've just gotten to like so far behind that you'd rather have just like quit the game altogether. Uh, one of my favorite memories uh, now, it wasn't a favorite memory at the time, I played the lowest level of college basketball you can ever imagine. It's NCCAA, like there's an extra C, that's how low, Division Two of that, okay? Um, like two dudes got cut, like so don't think I was this great guy. I never started a game. I was the dude who came off the bench in playing college basketball, like when everybody else would foul out or we were up 30 points. And we were not usually up 30 points, but we found ourselves at a college in Pensacola. I think it was Pensacola Christian College. And we found ourselves there on their homecoming night. It was a larger college than we were used to. We were a really tiny college. And um, the night did not start well. The refs were just all over us, and they started calling lots of fouls. Uh, foul after foul after foul. By halftime, we were in trouble. We had just a few guys left. Uh, by 
the end of the third quarter, uh, one of our last guys that was a starter uh, had fouled out, and we were down to um, four guys. And for the f- most of the fourth quarter, it was four on five. I don't know if you've ever seen that in a basketball game, a legit basketball game. It was four on five. It was their homecoming, so everybody in the crowd's hyped up, and it's just they're giving it to us. We are down so much, and these dudes are athletic. They're, like, dunking on us, and it was just one of those moments where I was like, I just want to give up. Can this game be over? I'm sick of the fans giving it to me. I'm sick of being four on five versus uh, these really athletic guys. And it was just one of those moments where I just was like, you know what? I am ready to get up, uh, give up. I'm ready to just finish this game and be over with it. I just wanted to give up and get over uh, with the game. And sadly, sometimes in life, there's moments where it's not a funny moment like that. It's one more of a, a serious moment where we feel like in life, like there's defeat that goes on. We feel like in life that it's hopeless, like just like us that night, where there's no way we're going to win the game four on five. I don't care who you are. You're not going to beat a team that way, especially when you're down big and, and all your uh, scrubs like myself are in the game. You know, uh, hopelessness and hard things uh, many times are they're really tough to face. And the temptation many times in life um, And as we live our lives, it's just to quit before we lose any worse. And sadly, sometimes there's people in life that feel this way, and that's really what we're going to be talking about tonight. Tonight we're talking about a really heavy subject, and and Blake and I are both going to kind of share a story of how this has touched our lives and our our families a a little bit, uh, just to give you a little picture uh, of that a little bit more. But we're, we're talking about suicide tonight. And sadly, there's people that have been in our lives, and maybe there's been people that have touched your lives where they, they just kind of felt like I did in that game, and like that's a, a funny scenario, but it's, it's really not funny when we, we, we talk about suicide at all. But it's, it's that feeling many times that people get. It's just, you know what, I'm going to give up. I'm, I'm defeated. There's no way I can beat this. There's no way I can win. So I have lost all hope, and that's where we find ourselves. You know, in this series, we've been talking about how God can still the storms of a lot of uh, things that, that, that happen to us, a lot of things that, that deal with mental health things in our life. And we talked about how he can still, like Blake talked about, loneliness and anxiety and depression, and he can t- continue to do uh, this. Uh, so, so Blake's going to share a little bit here, uh, kind of set it up and, and talk a little bit about how um, this has impacted him and, and his life and share a little bit of his, his story here tonight. Uh, so... You know, sadly, even though we, we know we've talked about that God can, can do, do all these things, that he can, he can be there for our loneliness and our anxiety and our depression, um, sadly, there's many times that a lot of people, and even, you know, sometimes people you know, people you love, um, they just, they, they, they just can't, they can't take it no more, you know, and they, they give up um, on life. And so as we, as we get into the night and get started, I just want a question to just ask you if this if this message pertains to you is is have you ever just felt like you wanted to give up on life um and i know that's a serious question that's a deep question um but it's just a question that i i encourage you um to think about as we as we go through this as we talk about this and look look how god wants to help us in these times and tonight i just i'm going to start tonight by just sharing a time in my life um where this where this has affected uh, me, um, so uh, February was that three months ago, um, 
a little bit before that, actually, I think it was like late December, end of last year, um, my cousin actually committed suicide. Um, and it was something that I've never faced before. Um, it's, a, it's a trouble, a question that I've, that I've never really had to deal with. Um, and something like that can be scary within a family. Um, it was scary to me. Um, but just, just going, going back um, to, to tell a little bit about uh, my cousin Zach. Um, he was a phenomenal baseball player growing up. Um, he pl played baseball at Oconee County High School, which is literally right down 129 a little ways. Um, great baseball player. Um, and he was actually like looked to go like minor leagues um, right out of high school. So he wasn't even looking at college, nothing like that. Um, the dude, the dude was set on baseball for sure. He he was riding um, baseball to be his to be his out. Um, and his junior year, he tore his rotating cuff in his pitching arm. Um, so it was a pretty big setback. Um, didn't didn't finish junior year. Um, came back, grinded uh, the next fall, uh, ready to go for the next spring, senior year. And it was like one of his first games of senior year. And he goes out there to pitch and does the same thing. And then also like does something to his elbow as well. Um, so he's, he's back in rehab with it and stuff like that. And it just, he, he had to give up baseball. Um, and he didn't uh, end up finishing high school. Um, I think he, it really made him really depressed. Um, and he was on a lot of painkillers um, for his arm that he had to have surgery on. Um, so he was leaning on those a lot, um, and I think he really got dependent on those um, and became addicted to drugs um, and really really was in a bad spot for a little bit, kind of around his, his senior year, um, like 18, 19 years old. Um, and then, you know, every once in a while, he would, he would be great. You know, he would, he'd, be, he'd be loving life. He'd have him a job. He'd be working. He'd be doing good. He'd be, he'd be talking about, you know, enrolling in a college and getting his degree and stuff like that. And then two weeks later, it's just kind of like he's back in this slump. Um, you know, maybe something's happened. He got laid off from work or, or some other medical things happened, and he just don't have the money for it. Um, and he finds himself back in uh, this slump. Um, and this was, I mean, ever since that accident happened, that's, his life was really just up and down, just over and over again. Um, and we actually got him to come to Galilee for a while. He, he came and he was baptized. He was living, living, um, as far as I know, um, like a Christian should. He was following the Lord. He, he was doing good. Um, but then, like I said, you know, there, every once in a while there'd just be a switch and he, it would just go right back to, to the way he was. Um, and I think, I think here in his later life, he was really just struggling to feel loved. Um, I don't, I think, I think loneliness was something that was really big for him. Um, loneliness and depression. But I think, I think there was a lot of times that, that Zach walked in a room and he felt like nobody knew who he was or that nobody cared, um, what was wrong with him. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it eventually just got to the point to where he just, I guess, I guess he gave up. And I mean, I, I wish, I mean, I was close to him. I mean, and, and ever since I've gotten to college and moved to Athens, like he would come, I think we've actually gotten closer because um, he still lived down in Athens. That's where he would always work when he had a job. Um, so he would come over and watch football games on weekends, basketball games throughout the week. Um, and he honestly became, I would say, my closest family member. 
Um, and one thing that I've really had to just come to terms with with God is just wondering, like, why he didn't reach out to me, why he didn't, um, you know, say something, why he, why there wasn't any signs. Um, and it was that was something that was hard for me. And, I mean, I'm, I don't say this in a way to, like, pride myself or to brag, but, like, I was literally, like, helping him and his mom pay rent for, like, the past, like, three, four months before before he um, passed away. So, like, I was, I was there. I was, I was so in contact with him, um, and it's just something that, that really broke my heart um, and something that probably, probably had me angry towards God for the first time in a very long time. Um, and, you know, if, when, that, when that comes and you, you get those ideas and when people, when people go through with that, um, it, really, it really does affect the people around them. It really, I mean, we had, um, we had our Easter lunch past, this past Saturday, my mom's side of the family, and that was like our first, like, you know, kind of family thing since it had happened. Um, and it just, it, it wasn't like the same, like you could tell there was something missing. You could you could tell my aunt and my uncle were just tore up like the whole entire time, um, and it does. It really it really does ripple and affect throughout the family, throughout the friends, um, all the people, all the people who just love and care. Like it it hurts them, um, and for me, it it just hurt me that I couldn't I couldn't do more, that I I couldn't reach out, I I couldn't help in some way. Um, but but yeah, that's a little bit how it's it's played in my life. Appreciate you sharing. I know it's still kind of, uh, it's not been that, it's only been a few months, and I know we talked last couple of weeks, if you'd be willing to share that, and I appreciate you sharing that, um, and, and I find that that question that Blake asked is, the, is, as I talk with people who have been through these storms, this storm especially, is that why question, like, like, like the why, like I, I was, I thought I was there, like the, that, that's the big question that the people who are left in, in behind, like that's what what runs through our minds. I have a similar story. I, I have a picture here of me back in the day. Um, I have a younger sister. Her name is Nancy, and I'm on the right with the sweet sweater with the moon on it. And um, the guy above me, his name, he's also my cousin, and he has a baseball tie as well. Um, he, um, he lived with me and my family for a couple of years when we lived in Indiana. And it was so cool because I didn't have, I was the big brother and I didn't have a big brother. And I was like, he was like 10 years older than me. He was a teenager. You know, when you're a little kid, like every teenager is just, they're the coolest people in the world, right? And to me, uh, his name was Marky. Uh, Marky is actually named after my dad, Mark. Um, it was, uh, you know, so he uh, lived with us for a while and he would do these cool things where uh, like on Easter, he would be the Easter bunny. He'd write a letter and leave it under my pillow. And like different uh, holidays, he would do that, and he would just do these cool things. Uh, another thing he, he did that was really cool that got me started is he gave me a ton of baseball cards. Like these are, uh, this is 81 Fleer. I, I still collect baseball cards to this day because of Marky, like me and, uh, you know, my boys, we like to, to, to do baseball cards. I have about 20,000 baseball cards in the basement at home. I'm just a collector of sports cards, and he is the one that kind of got me into that, gave me my first baseball card. Uh, and got me to have that love for that. Um, and, and the cards that I, uh, I really uh, enjoy today, and they're special because, you know, Marky gave them to me. But as Marky got older and his, um, 
late 20s. This has probably been 10 or 15 years ago. Now it's not as, 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 uh, as an open wound as, as yours is, Blake. Um, but Marky, uh, same thing, just got in, went through some difficult things in life and just said these are too difficult. And, and left behind a son and his, uh, his ex-wife and just a lot of people asking that question of, of why. I, I asked the same thing, you know, Blake, like, like why? And, and tonight, just know we, we don't talk about these things to bring up old wounds or to, to bring up things if you've walked through this to hurt you. We, we don't, that's, that's not what we're talking about this tonight. And, and it's, and we're, we're sorry for that. It's not the reason we're looking at. Tonight is this, is that we want to give hope and we want to give that if somewhere down the road, if this ever comes into your mind or this ever comes into the mind to, of a friend, or a loved one, that you can be there for them, right? Like, we want you to, hopefully, we can stop, we can slow, we can help you realize that there are more, like, there's, there's people there, and there's a God there who wants to help you walk through the storm. Interestingly enough, there's, there's people in Scripture that have dealt with, um, with suicide as well. Uh, there's people all through the Bible who uh, talk about, there's uh, five or six people who actually take their own lives in the Bible. And here we find tonight we're going to look at uh, a guy named Elijah. But before we get to Elijah, I just want you, I think this tonight kind of is the main verse that we want to look at. And it's the main verse you're going to look at in your life groups tonight. And it's just simply this. And it just, it puts, uh, it puts what we're talking about a lot. Like it just, it, it's, it just makes sense to me. And here's what Jesus says. He says, the thief, that would be Satan, that would be evil, that would be things like that, like, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Like, that's what he wants to do in our lives. That's what he wants to do in your life. That's what Satan would love to have happen in your life. He'd love to steal some things from you. He would love to kill. He'd love to destroy your family, your life. He would love for it to fall apart. He would throw a party when it happens. But here's what Jesus says. Now, I, I, I'm the opposite of that. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And tonight is about this. It's about pointing to the life that we can have in Jesus. That's what we want to point to tonight. So quickly, I just want to read this story. It's from Elijah. And Elijah here, he has been on the mountaintop, literally. He was on this mountain. He went against a bunch of people who were against God. And they do this really crazy thing where uh, they are trying to start this altar, this sacrifice altar on fire. And uh, they have all of these guys that are prophets of Baal dancing around this altar. And they are trying for like hours to try to get their God to light this fire, uh, to light this altar on fire. They can't do it. They dance for hours till they're tired. Uh, Elijah walks up and says, okay, let me show you my God. And uh, you can read about this uh, in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19. And he says, okay, that's not enough. I need you to pour uh, some water on the altar. Uh, so we're like filled up the entire like ditch around the altar, pour water on it, pour water on it. All of a sudden Elijah prays and then fire from heaven comes down and like singes everything. The water's gone. It's burnt up and there's this big, wow, Elijah's God is real. He has this mountaintop experience. And then in the next chapter, we find this, uh, that the, the king who did not like um, Elijah begins to hunt him down. And here's what we find in Elijah, uh, I'm sorry, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3. It says this, that Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life after this big, huge thing happened. When he came to Beersheba, 
uh, in Judah. He left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush and sat down under it. And he's in this heavy place, and here's what he prays. He prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head there was some bread baked over hot coals. Anything better than warm bread? Like, uh, man, give me some rolls. Like, give me Texas Roadhouse, you know what I'm talking? Like, I don't know if a basket like that with the good butter showed up, but that's kind of what I'm picturing in my mind, right? Um, And a jar of water. He ate and he drank and he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, get up and eat. The journey is too much for you. So he got up, he ate, and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God, another mountaintop for him. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied. I've been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars, and they put all the other prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand in the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And here, it says a great wind, a powerful wind, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind, and after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, and the Lord wasn't in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. God was in the whisper, and here's what the whisper, the voice said. What are you doing here, Elijah? See, Elijah's done some and had some incredible mountaintop experiences. He's been used by God in incredible ways, but we find him at this point where he feels utterly hopeless. You see, you see God move in a lot of different ways. Elijah, he has, he has God show up here and, and talk with him. And Elijah clearly says, I don't want to live anymore. Maybe there's been times in your life where you, you feel like Elijah, and you're like, there's nothing I can do. I feel like I'm going to give up. I'm all alone. I can't take it anymore. Uh, there's just no point. The good news here that we see in this scripture and that we've been talking about over and over again every single week is that God loves to show up in the storm. All through Scripture, he loves to show up in the storm. He loves to show up in the desert. He loves to show up when we feel like he is not going to show up. God showed up for Elijah, and he gave him everything he needed to keep going. And here's the thing. He wants to continue to help us in these kinds of storms. And Jesus wants to be here, and he can still the storm of suicide. Blake's going to share a, a, a verse with you here that just talks a little bit about these things here in John chapter 16. So John 16, 30, verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, and what I, what I want us to see in this verse is where, where John says, in this world you will have trouble. 
right? John's saying when you're, when you're living in this world, when you're living for Christ, when you're walking with God, there is going to be trouble, right? There's nowhere in the Bible that says it's easy. Uh, we, we've like never promised you that this will be easy. There will be trouble along the way. But at the end of that, he says, but take heart, right? I have overcome the world, right? And Jesus is saying you can take heart because I have overcome that trouble, Right, and that's, that's what we see is that although there's going to be hard things, although there's going to be struggles, that doesn't mean that we're alone in those. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that we're destined to fail to those struggles, right, because Jesus is with us. And when we lean on him, we can overcome those because he has already overcome them himself. And when you think about it, no one, no one was more lonely and hopeless than Jesus on the cross. You know, you watch Jesus through the, his ministry, and it's this man who walked perfectly, right? Loved, did what, he was, did what he was told by God, right? He spoke to so many people, impacted so many lives. And when you see in Matthew 27, 46, he is hanging on the cross. And he's like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? He's saying, God, why do I feel alone? Why am I bearing so much sin alone in this moment? And he did that so that we wouldn't have to. Right? He felt forsaken. He, he carried that sin for us so that we don't have to do it on our daily lives. Right? Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and, and he bore that full weight of the world. Right? He bore all that trouble that we face so that when we face it, we can have him to do it with. And we can get through it together with him. You know, a time in my life where, where I've kind of felt alone um, and then Jesus has shown up. Um, I actually shared when I, when I did the loneliness talk a couple weeks ago. Um, and there was actually a time in my life where I had pushed God out of my life. Um, and not really pushed him out. I, I still came to church. I was still involved. But outside of that, I wanted to do what Blake wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't want to do what God wanted to do all the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's, that's, that was how I lived for a little bit. Um, and then in the end of that, when I realized it was wrong, I kind of began to push people away um, because I was embarrassed. Um, I felt like it made me look kind of weak. Um, and just a bunch, I didn't feel like I deserved the love that God had for me because of my actions. Um, and in that, I've, I've found myself in a place of loneliness um, because I'd push, I'd push God away. I'd push people around me away. Um, but I feel like it was in that time of loneliness um, that I was able to really just realize the things about myself, the things that I needed to fix, the ways they need to be fixed, you know, the, the, the talks I needed to have, the help I needed to find with people. And it was in this time of loneliness that God actually spoke so much into my life, um, spoke so much into my heart, into my mind, um, and really led me out of that loneliness I was in. You know, the, the, the same way is you don't have to live in defeat. Right? You don't have to live in defeat of loneliness, anxiety. You don't have to live in defeat of depression. Um, and you definitely don't have to live feeling like you just want to give up because God has already, he's already gotten that victory for you. Right? He's already put a dub up on the chart for you for this one. You don't have to worry about that in your life. You know, so what, what can we do? Uh, one thing we can do is just no matter, like I was saying, no matter how hopeless we feel, God wants to give us life, and we need to remember that. We need to lean on him in those times. We need to allow him to work inside of our hearts, uh, to work through us, and allow him to fill us with that life. Um, allow him to fill that void inside of our hearts that is, that is aching for something to fill it. And what you can also do is you can remember these three things that we're about to go through. Um, and I'm going to hit one practical step here, and I'm going to hand it back over to Mr. Brian for the next two. Um, but the first one is to just to remember that you're not alone. 
Um, this is also one of the big things we talked about on that loneliness night is that you are not alone. All right, something I learned in my loneliness is that God was there the whole time. All right, it was me who made me lonely. God did not make me lonely. Um, and that's, that's, that's apparent in all of our lives. You know, sometimes we feel lonely, um, but we must know that, that we're not. We are never alone. God will always be with us through any hard time that we face. And another thing you need to remember is that not only is he with you, but he continues to put other people in your lives to be with you as well, to love you, to care for you, to support you, to encourage you in the hard times. We talked about that a little bit that night too, and we talked about this church family that we've been given here all around us. You know, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we've been put together to love and to care for and to encourage, especially in the times when we feel alone, um, in the times when we feel de- defeated, um, or even in the times when we feel like giving up. You know what? Is, who knows the famous campfire song? Right? Lean on me. Everybody know that song? Y'all know that song? Yeah. Right, what's, the next, what's the next verse, Brian? Lean on me. When you're not. When you're not strong. Right? And that's what God's telling us. He's telling us to lean on him, to lean on each other when we feel defeated, when we feel weak. Um, that's what he's here for. That's what he's put people in our lives to do for us. Um, is to just give us people to lean on. So one thing you can remember um, in these times of giving up is just remember you're not alone. Yeah. Every week we've been hammering on that you are not alone. That's like one of the underlying themes every week is you are not alone. Don't stay alone. And that's really the next thing I want to, to talk with you about is this. If you feel like you want to give up, if you felt this way, if you have somebody else in your life say things like this, I want to encourage you, you cannot keep silent. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. Would you please, please, please tell somebody. These are not feelings. These are not thoughts. These are not things that you can keep silent. You know, because here's the thing. Like we've talked about a little bit. The, the pain of being left behind is just devastating for so many people. It rocks the boat so, so much when you were left in the wake and asking the question of why, why. I'm telling you, if this, these thoughts ever come to your mind, I'm begging you, would you please tell someone? Would you talk to a parent? Would you talk to your bestest friend? Would you talk to me? I don't, I don't care if it's 10 years down the road. I was telling my life group this last week. We were talking about um, depression. I'm like, I don't care if it's 10 years from now. My cell phone's probably going to be the same cell phone number because it has been for the past 15 years. I don't care if you have a family and it's 20 years from now and you're going through depression. Like, I want you to call me. It's the same thing. Like, you've got to reach out to somebody. I don't care if it's me. I don't care who it is. If you feel like this, where you're like, I want to give up. There's no way to win. I'm done with this. I'm just begging you. I'm pleading with you. Don't keep silent. I'm telling you, the people in your life want to know. They want to know that you're hurting. Do not keep these kind of things to yourself. This is not the kind of secret to keep with you. This is something you have got to tell someone. I know you're wanting people to pick up on it, right? So often when people are going through hurting times, they want people to pick up on what they're, like, what they're feeling and how much pain they're going through. And sometimes we can, but I'm telling you, there's sometimes we just can't do that. We don't have the, the wisdom and the mindset where we can really pick up on what you're going through. So sometimes you're going to have to stand up and you're going to have to speak it because it's really hard to pick up on. And the last thing that you need to know tonight is this, that you are an image bearer of God. 
You bear God's image. You were made in God's image. We love to, uh, we like wearing images, right? People got Nike emblems on probably tonight. Uh, maybe it's Under Armour. Maybe you've got, um, don't, I didn't say anybody walk in with any Louis Vuitton or anything like that like, but we know all these names. Maybe you're wearing a shirt. It's, it's the band that you like. It's the, the, the group that you like, whatever it may be. And these things give us worth. And I just want to tell you tonight that there is a logo on you. It's God's image on you. And here's what that does. It makes you have great, great value. God loved you so much that he gave up his only son for you. That's how much you're worth, that he would give up his son. You are an image bearer. You have great value. We're told from Genesis throughout Scripture, we're told we're created in his image. Thus, that means we're important, that we have his logo on us, that, that we, he has formed us. He has knit us in, his mother, in our mother's wombs. Like we are surrounded by hope, and hopefully you'll realize that it's all around you and that you'll realize that you have this hope. Uh, tonight as we go, I did this a while back, um, years ago when, when I talked about suicide, I don't know how long ago it was, um, I just gave some of these cards that, like I said, are important to me. He gave me a big, long, huge box of them. Um, I, I gave some out. And, I, and I, you know, sometimes we do things like that. And um, I had a couple years after that, I had, after I gave those out that one night, I'm going to give you one here in a minute. And trust me, none of these are worth a, a lot of money. But it was really cool. Somebody pulled out of their wallet one night. Uh, a young lady pulled it out of her wallet a couple years later and showed me uh, a card she kept. And I'd love for you, and I know sometimes these are going to just get, like I'm going to find 12 of them in the gym when I'm cleaning up tonight, and it's okay. Like you may leave it here, and it may not mean anything to you. But here's what I want. Uh, one thing about baseball cards is this. Ones that are not worth much are called commons. They're just common cards, right? They're just called commons. And what I want you to do tonight, it, 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 I'd love for you to take this home and put it somewhere. Maybe you can find it. Maybe you can see it. And what I hope that you'll realize this as you get this card from the 1980s tonight with some weird dude with weird hair and a weird name. There's some great hair in these, okay? Some great mustaches. It's just there's some funny things. Here's what I want you to remember. You're not like this card at all. You're priceless. You are not common. That you have great value. Measurable value. You've been bought with a price. And we love you, and God loves you, and there's a lot of other people in this life that love you, that want to help you in the storm. And maybe this will be just something you can remember that, man, I am, I know it's just a worthless card, but I am not worthless. Blake, uh, will, you, will you start passing some of those out? Um, Steph, will you work this side and just give everybody a card? And you can hit the weird card there, and hopefully it'll be something tonight where you can just remember uh, that you are not common, that you are priceless, that you are valuable, that you mean something, and you bear the image of God. Hey, as we wrap up tonight, if there's a time where you feel lonely or you feel anxious or you feel depression coming on or if you feel like you want to give up as we've talked tonight, I pray you will lean in and you'll grow your circle. We tell people that all the time. You've got to let some people in. You've got to remember the underlying thing that don't believe that God can't calm the storm.
He wants to be with you in it, and so do we. We want to be with you in the storm and never forget that Jesus is the same. He wants to be with you in the storm. Father, I thank you for tonight. I know tonight's a little heavy. Um, and sometimes heavy's okay. Not everything's uh, a message where we go out of here just, just feeling uplifted. But God, I pray tonight that's what people feel. That they realize they're not common. That they realize that they have your logo upon them. And that means they have great value. God, if there's anybody tonight in the storm of thinking about giving up, I pray tonight would just be one of those moments where we're like, man, God just showed up again and it's pointing me to, to hope. And I pray that they would see the signs of hope tonight, that they can turn to some people in here, that they can turn to you. God, I pray if it's not tonight, if it's years from now and people just feel like, that, you know what, I'm common, I, I'm, I'm worthless, I'm going to give up. I pray, Lord, that they remember the truth of your word, that they have great value in your eyes and that you can calm any storm, and that you're with us in the storm. God, thank you for your word. Uh, be with our conversations tonight as we talk, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.